Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Bagel News. I'm your host, Michael James. Or am I? Oi, alright, so we're doing a shorty tonight. I'll introduce the when music was good. We'll kick that off. I'm going to go over a couple of things I forgot to talk about last night. And I just want you guys to hear something. It's a uh, quick Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson interview. I think it's important to hear why. It's it's about the feminazis. I'll just give you my, my ideas about it right on the gate, which obviously no ideas that were truly original. Peterson nailed pretty much all my thoughts on it anyways. It's just a perversive thing. These fucking morons think they know everything. Completely unfounded. They get policy made. They get money. They, they've affected change. It's nonsense. So Peterson in, in the interview is talking about, they, they claim that magically there's a strong tribe of Amazonian women. And then one day the patriarchy comes along and, and topples it all, and now they're oppressed. Now, mind you, it's one person that runs their mouth about this, and it's all unproven. They found out, as Peterson says, they found absolutely no evidence for the existence of this tribe. Imagine being so up your own ass that everybody else believes you. This, this libtard bullshit is a cult. They are no better than Waco or um, the, the Kool-Aid guys. It's it's just fucking sickening. And something really needs to be done about it. I'm I'm tired of, of dealing with their nonsense. And it's so backwards too. It's okay it's okay for a tranny to beat the shit out of a woman in female UFC or boxing. It's okay for Brittany Griner to slam dunk. Well, I mean, you know, it's easy when you drop the fucking hoop to four feet. But it's it's not okay to call anybody out on that. How many women have been hurt? In these last couple of years, like severely, because some fanook in a dress has beat the shit out of them or, or what have you. I would venture to say a decent amount. If you are incapable of playing with the big boys, i.e., you can't compete as a man, which is proven every time, you got some retard that is 1200th in tennis and then slaps a skirt on, and all of a sudden he's number two. Which, how embarrassing is that? You're technically supposed to be able to dominate everybody, and you can't even you can't even get number one. You're a sad sack of shit. That Leia Thomas? Oh, Christ, I wish I could put him in front of me and just beat the fucking hog shit out of him. Give him that fucking... That little bit of extra off-the-top circumcision he wants so badly. God, these people are fucking sickening. Why are we putting up with it? Why, people? Why? Come on. Be better. Be better. I've told you to be better before. This doesn't take much. Just use your goddamn head, for Christ's sakes. It's not difficult. Say, okay, if a seven-foot-tall, 350-pound, all-muscle dude, but for whatever reason he just can't compete in uh, baseball, basketball, football, what have you, and then he throws a dress on and he's number one, really, is that... That's his true self as a lady, or is he just bamboozling people so he can feel better about himself, or steal a scholarship away from a young young teenage girl to go to college? Yeah, how many black women, I'd like to know, were going to get scholarships to go to these colleges and change their lives? And, oh, sorry, it didn't happen because some white dude needed to throw a skirt on and be better than everybody else. 
that. I mean, come on, feminists. That patriarchy that doesn't exist, that pay gap that doesn't exist that you're always fucking screaming about. This is the one time your patriarchy nonsense might even be possibly correct. Okay? You have a a male being pushed to the top of women's sports by all these other white men and black men and uh, uh, woke, basically all these woke men and women that a man is being pushed to the top just because he has a skirt on and none of you are like, yeah, this is brave and beautiful but uh, yeah, fuck the little black girl that doesn't get to go to college now because she can't afford it and lost the only means she had to get in there very good very good you, oh fuck you are disgusting You are nastier than a two-legged boar taking a shit. Okay? You're nastier than rosebud pornography. Look, hey, we we all stumble across some gross stuff when we're spanking it from time to time, all right? But I encourage my, my few listeners to look up what rosebud pornography is. That's how disgusting you trannies are. And you're all the, the people that support you are equally as disgusting. Oh, you sick fucks. All right, well, we're going to take a brief break. And when I get back, we'll have some lovely, lovely, beautiful music for you. Absolutely lovely. I'll be right back. And we're back. So, tonight's song comes. Remember I told you a few days ago when we finally got Snake Eater to play? Mostly all right. I think what was going on with the old soundboard was I had the treble and bass up a little too much and a couple of external factors that caused that scratching. We're not. Hopefully we can avoid it this time. So the final I told you about the final song. I thought it was amazing. It's a nice jazzy love song. And I finally was able to track it down. It took me a little longer than expected. I have no idea why it shouldn't have. It should have been quick and easy, but. So it goes. I used to say say la vie, and then I realized just how terrible the French was. Fuck the French were. Fuck them. Fuck the French. If you're a French-American, like, you just happen to be unfortunately born into a French lineage. I don't mean you. I mean the frogs from France. You can get fucked. You, your American-hating liberal bullshit policies that have destroyed your country, mind you, destroyed it. Fuck you. French Americans, love you. Keep listening. Anything I can do to help, just just ask. Anyways, so tonight's song. It's a long one. We are looking at about seven minutes and thirty-seven seconds. I'm gonna give you the volume warning now, but it's a soft song anyway, so it shouldn't be too bad. Alright, so without further ado, the song Can't Say Goodbye to Yesterday by Carla White. Again, from the life-changing video game, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. Please enjoy. I stay the stars and the sky up above and 
It's there that I'll find inner peace, not war, and dreams that I slip away. I'll find the joyfulness I'm looking for way back in sooner it carries on like that pretty much for the next minute i prefer the four though it's like four and a half minutes long it's a shortened version that was from the <clears throat> that was like a special edition release of the album itself so that's why it was probably a little longer hey so last night i was talking about a few things and i realized the list is so goddamn long i forgot to bring up uh, a few things Talk about blackface, all, all that jazz. Where are we? So, one of them was L.A. Confidential. That's a movie. You know what? I'm I'm gonna be fair to you guys. Let's let's give you a quick synopsis of the movie so I can be fair. But it's a classic, classic, classic noir cinema. It's it's from the '90s, but it's in the style. It's got uh, Kevin Spacey in it, for sure. I know that. And then Nicole Kidman. Who, does she always just look like a hot 40-year-old? Was there ever... If anybody can tell me there was a time where she was looked like a maybe a hot 25-year-old? I don't know. Anyway, so it was released in 1997. She's a total of two hours and 18 minutes long. The film tells the story of a group of LAPD officers in 1953 in the intersection of police corruption and Hollywood celebrity. The title refers to the 1950s scandal magazine, Confidential, portrayed in the film as Hush Hush. Let's see, it's got Danny DeVito in it. Let's give you a quick breakdown of the big names in it. DeVito does amazing in this. So we got Russell Crowe. He plays a tough uh, smack-em-around cop. Guy Pierce as the main character. Oh, not, not, not Nicole Kim, Kim Basinger. That's who I meant. You got Kevin Spacey, Danny DeVito... James Cromwell, 
really anybody remembers. Oh, uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle's dad, Paul Guilfoyle. I'm looking through trying to see if we can find anybody that is worth remembering, but honestly, that's about it. You're not going to know anybody else. There's uh, Dick Stilwell, detective number eight. There you go. Now you can all clap like uh, you're part of the... Oh, Jack Conley. You might know who he is. He played um, the Yellow-Eyed Demon in Supernatural. He's been, uh, the I think he was the alien bounty hunter in the X-Files, too. And then there's Bob Clendenin. Look him up. C-L-E-N-D-E-N-I-N. You'll, you'll know who he is when you see him. You won't remember what the fuck he was from, but you'll know who he is. And make a long story short, uh, Spacey plays this detective Vincennes that works with Danny DeVito. So Danny DeVito calls him, say, here's the scoop. Uh, if you show up at this building at midnight, you'll get a hell of a good bust. And through that, you know, Vincennes gets a job in Hollywood. And these are all B-plots, mind you. Gets a job in Hollywood and it's pretty much it. He's a consultant. Big timer. Then we got the Exley guy. He's, he's the lead character, him and Crow. And you know, fuck it. This movie is so there's so many subplots going on with it that it's tough to uh, really give you guys a good description. I can really write it down just fine, but we'd be here for twenty fucking minutes if I tried to describe this movie to you. It's kind of like trying to tell somebody who's never seen Pulp Fiction before how Pulp Fiction all ties together at the end. You're not. It's not going to be fun unless you're used to doing it on a daily basis. Then you could probably do it just fine, but. I don't I don't describe plots to movies in my daily life. As much as you guys think uh I'd like to as much as I like to talk, I don't know. Am I gonna sit there and describe the fucking movie? I'll tell you if it's good or if it's bad, the key points and we'll leave it alone. Anyways, so this whole thing gets kicked off when a bunch of Mexicans get the shit kicked out of them. And the cops have to answer for it because they're trying to In the fifties, the LA police department did not have a good good public relations they were all viewed as fat and corrupt but the reason i bring this up i again cannot encourage you enough to watch this movie it's fucking awesome but the reason i bring it up is because it's based off true events same with la noir if you ever played the video game la noir the video game is a ripoff of la confidential and la confidential is a ripoff of a book written about the los angeles police department so there you go it's a whole line of ripoffs but they're all decent ripoffs so who's to complain really that was one of the things I missed. Another one was just, um, it kind of tied together with some of the stuff I was talking about last night, but, and ladies and gentlemen, I was baked out of my gourd. I do want, it was a, it's a long weekend, so of course on a Sunday I'm going to get a little more high than usual when I got Monday off. It was a little, I, I misspoke a few times last night, repeated myself when I should have used other words, so I do, I really apologize for that. You didn't need to hear that. I shouldn't force you to figure out what I meant. You don't you don't speak the language of Michael James, so why should I expect you to be able to just put two and two together right away? So I forgot to mention this yesterday. So the dream dreams, right? We all have we all love them sometimes. It's it's a beautiful thing. But I've been having a work in theory as far as the dreams go for a long time now. Look, I'm not Miss Cleo. I'm not some psychic. I don't pretend to have any fucking idea about any of this stuff. But I'm sure we've all had that sense of deja vu before. And I've had, look, I've had a lot of dreams that come true. A lot of them 
and a lot of them I can almost pinpoint down to the second. There's there's deja vu, which I've had before, and then there's this. This is knowing exactly what somebody is going to say next, and exactly what they're about to do. It saved my life a couple of times, too, which was nice. So, I've been... I've had occasion to sit around baked and just kind of think about the way the universe goes. Same with mushrooms. Mom, again, I'm sorry. Like I said, I want honesty. So, I kind of had this thought the last time I was real goddamn twisted. So, we have the multiple realities, right? Well, there's supposed to be infinite possibilities, but realistically, these alternate realities are pretty much identical to our own, only just for shits and giggles. The pen on my desk will be red, and the container for Mountain Dew would be blue instead of green. That's all that varies different in most realities. You got the extreme ones where magic can exist, or JFK was never killed, or Hitler won, those kind of crap. Well, those aren't even too extreme. Those would be just slight deviations. But then you got the real extreme ones where magic exists, or in another world, we perceive light differently, so everybody looks like an anime character, and it all looks like Paper Mario World. Or one world where we're truly free, and America is exactly like the Founding Fathers intended, and big government didn't get in the way. So what if, right, like I've told you what I think about reincarnation, when reincarnation is just like the R, these multiple realities, they don't get to kickstart until the thousands of us die so that our soul can move over to the next reality and kickstart that one. I know there's a lot of, lot of sticking points you could you could stick to on that one where it could be wrong. I promise you, I know that. It's a silly idea. It's just something I thought of one day. Now, same with this. If we got infinite realities, most of them are pretty much identical to our own. Then let's say, for example, I have a dream where I'm at work and I'm getting screamed at for something I just did. All right. Chances are good the way I'm getting screamed at of the thing that I fucked up on. They're going to be the same throughout most of these realities. All right. So who's to say that when we're passed out, right, and our brain is just kajiggering around, we're doing all these things. What if it doesn't like all our inhibitions are gone, all the other thought processes are gone? What if that allows our, our conscious to kind of open the veil a little bit and see into these alternate realities? And because, you know, it's just us on the now, mind you. This this idea contradicts the other one because the other realities can't exist until we die. Well, this one implies the realities are happening all at once, uh, etc. So, who's to say when we're sleeping, we're not just opening the veil a little bit and taking a look at what our other selves are up to. And sometimes we're in such a state where we can see extreme circumstances when we're asleep or we're in such a state where we can only see right next door. So one dream, you're relaxed, you went to bed happy, you have no dark thoughts kicking around, your brain's allowed to work at a little fuller capacity because it's not trying to unpack the other shit going on. So you can see 200 realities in, whereas you have a bad day at work, your body's in pain, you're just tired, you're pissed off, all this shit going on, you're concerned, da 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 Well, that only allows you to see 510 realities further than what you normally get to see. I don't know. Just kind of a stone thought I had one day. I'd like to hone it one of these days, same with the other one. But for right now, that's just my thought on it. Now, I told you 
about the feminist thing. My thoughts, they're a bunch of fucking assholes. And I told you I was going to play this Jordan Peterson thing for you. So, we're going to do that. It's only six minutes long, and I'm not really going to talk about it all that much, because, well, to be honest, everything was already said. And, God, you got to love YouTube, right? I saved the video to watch, and, well, son of a bitch, I didn't get it. It didn't save for whatever reason, so we're going to look it up real quick, and then I will play it for you. So, please, enjoy the jazz. Alright, so pretty sure I found it. The title of it, and it's from the powerful JRE. I don't know if that's a subdivision, because I know he's got the JRE clips and everything, but it's from the Joe Rogan Show. It's episode 877. The title, for anybody looking to find it, is Jordan Peterson on Women's Studies. So, 7 minutes, 52 seconds. We're going to play most of it for you, and then we'll wrap up the show. I don't really feel like doing too much today for you guys, but I wanted to get something out there. And I, I got a few more hours to go before bedtime, so I just want to relax. So without further ado, Jordan Peterson. Hello, freak bitches. When did this start? When did the trigger warnings, when did the safe spaces, when did all this emerge? Well, it has its roots in the student radicalism of the 1960s, especially Sorry the far Sorry to interrupt. This is really... Pay attention really to this. This is important. It really popped up in the 1990s, in the early 90s. When, and I, I was teaching in the U.S. at that point. And Which uh, university? I, I taught at Harvard from 93 to, to 98. And there was a fair... So, right now, sorry to interrupt. They're talking about when all this woke bullshit happened. Think back. I'm about 35 years old. Or am I? Either way, I'm within the 90s child. Think back to when Hillary Duff told us it's not okay to say gay in a PSA. Think back to when participation trophies started becoming a real thing. Think back to when we were told to celebrate everybody's differences and fat people. No, 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 no. They're just big boned and husky. They don't need to do anything to themselves to, you know, get back to a healthy weight. No, 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 no. They just need to buy bigger jeans. That's all. You just need to find something that fits so you don't look as fat as you are. There's a, there's a whole lot of it, but I remember a lot of this woke from this is my personal experience, anecdotal. A lot of this woke shit. I remember it popping up in high school from time to time and getting stuffed back down into the shit tube where it belongs. So they were trying for quite like he says. It, it came up in the early '90s and then disappeared for a while. I remember, at least as far as I'm concerned, it really this woke bullshit really started with Obama. That's when it got really, really bad. And then it kind of lulled for a little while towards the tail end of his presidency. And then as soon as Brother Donald got elected is when it really started to ramp up. And then forget it. These last few years, it's been on full throttle, 10,000 RPMs, blowing motors left and right, and they just keep replacing them. Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to throw that out there. Push for political correctness, especially in, in the early part of the 90s. But... But it, it got pushed back down and disappeared and went underground. It went underground is more accurate. And then it's just come back with a vengeance in the last five years. And I think it's partly because we have all these radical left political activist departments at the universities, women's studies being at the top of the, of the list. 
that have done nothing for the last 30 years, it's even longer than that now, it's almost 40 years, 30 years, let's say, have done nothing but produce a never-ending stream of ideologically-minded counter-civilization political activists. And that's all subsidized by, by tuition and by the public purse. And that's another thing we really got to ask ourselves, is why the hell are we subsidizing revolution? Why are we doing that? It's crazy. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous. What, so what exactly is going on with women's studies that you believe is fostering revolution? Well, you go on their websites and read. Read what they say. I mean, first of all, for the, for the women's studies types, and this is, uh, what would you call it, um, false anthropology. There's this idea that way back when there was a feminist paradise, uh, and that would be like noble savage mode of living where everything was egalitarian and, and uh, women dominated. It was a matriarchal culture. And that was put forward by a UCLA anthropologist named Gembutes. I can never pronounce her name properly, but I think I got it. If you ever and seen a woman try to overthrown try by to patriarchal hunt. institutions, start I promise you, you, starting at about the time there of was no tribe. Of, of, of There's Judaism. exceptions for women as far as and hunting goes. That was all the overthrown. World, generally and ever speaking, since then we've lived in an no. oppressive patriarchy, and now that's what our culture is. It's an oppressive patriarchy. So they're pointing to one unsuccessful society that they believe existed, or did it oh, no, actually they, exist? No, it didn't exist. There's no evidence for it whatsoever. It's 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 complicated, but it's the it's the telling of a kind of psychological myth as if it was history. Whoa. And, and, and anyway, so, so the basic claim is that Western civilization is a brutish patriarchy and that whatever positive things it might have managed to accomplish were all accomplished as a consequence of oppression and, and, uh, and theft, and that the appropriate thing to do is to restructure it. I'd like to point out all those evil things discovered under the patriarchy. The automobile... The telephone, electricity, freeing the slaves, giving the woman the right to vote because that was men. Most women didn't want the right to vote because that came with mandatory bucket duty and a draft notice. Uh, let's see, the computer, most types of food, like uh, the modern food as we know it. Medicine, all of it, except, you know, obviously there's exceptions, but generally speaking, most medicine. Uh, most entertainment, show me a good woman director. And and I'll tell you your line, but just those are just a few things I'd like to point out that uh, let's pretend what these bullshit artists are saying is true for a second. I promise you those things are such great leaps that they far outweigh having a man at the top instead of a woman. I know that's incredible over oversimplification of the patriarchy, but get fucked. That's what I got to say to them. From the bottom up, and they mean that. They mean that. They mean every single bloody concept, and you can marry that with modern postmodernism and throw in a nice dash of Marxism, and you have the the ideological and motivated grounds for social revolution. And, and I'm, just go online and look at a dozen women's studies websites. Just read them. You can see what they say. They produce political activists, and they're. Uh, goal is to restructure the patriarchy. Well, what's the patriarchy? Well, the patriarchy is Western civilization. And what does restructure mean? That's easy. It means tear it down and destroy it. Why? Because it's a brutish system that's predicated on nothing but oppression. It's nothing but a tyranny in the, in the eyes of the, of the radical women's studies types. 
Heterosexuality, that's a tyranny. Capitalism, that's a tyranny. Democracy, well, that doesn't even exist, and even if it did, it would be a tyranny. Everything's a tyranny. And so you can ask these, and, and what would they replace it with? they replace it with their own ideological utopia. Well, we've already had a hundred years of that. We saw what happened. Oh, well, that doesn't matter. That wasn't real Marxism. That's what the bloody Marxists always say. That wasn't real Marxism. It's like, oh, how many millions of people have to die before you're convinced that it's real Marxism? And I know what they mean by that, too. They mean, hey, if I was the Marxist dictator, things would have gone a lot better. It's like, uh, you should... Think again, sunshine. If you were the Marxist dictator, things wouldn't have gone a lot better. And I, I cannot agree with him enough. Sorry to keep interrupting. Oh, this will be the last one because we only got a few minutes left anyways. Dode, if somebody's telling you that this thing that's never worked and it always ends bloody and violent, but, but they're the one. They're the one that's going to change. He's right. They're a fucking psychopath. They are so goddamn egotistical. They're, they're 20 feet up their own ass, and they don't even realize it. That's the stupid kind of person that they'll get bumped up to, the, let's say communism happens. They get pushed to the top as a puppet. And then the smart people underneath them keep, that keep feeding this person's ego so they can stay in power, that's the, how you get the Mao killing fields. That's how you get millions of people starving to death. So while you got uh, 20 people in Russia eating steaks and driving Mercedes. Communism never works, you fucking idiots. And it never will. And it's because, in my opinion, what makes humans so beautiful is their unpredictability, the, the caring nature, how some can be overprotective and caring and others can be animals, the art, all of it. That's what makes humans special. But our selfishness, Again, falls under that category. Selfishness can, believe it or not, can sometimes help to make us special as well. But the, 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 the selfishness is what makes communism impossible. That's a small part of it, but that's to, not small. That's, that's not correct. It's, it's a medium part of it. Selfishness will always prevail. The guy at the top getting his ego stroked that gets to drive a brand new Lamborghini and eat steak or in, in this modern era, fucking tofu green salad and drive the newest Prius. That uh, that's what fucks it up because that person is going to get told, oh, well, everybody should eat tofu and have a drive a Prius. Okay, well, what if I want to eat a steak and drive a truck? Oh, oh, you're in power, so you get to tell me this. Oh, okay, so I have the option to buy something else and eat steak, but because I'm forced to work a job that you demanded or that you forced me to work because it's communism, everybody gets a job and they don't have a say in it. Okay, cool. I can use the money from the job I have to buy. Oh, but guess what? I made the wage for your job so low that you can't buy steak and you can't buy a truck. But guess what? I've offered incentives for you to eat tofu and drive a Prius. You can afford to do that. And it's because I say it's good for us. It's because I say it's what's going to help the environment and what's going to make people feel good. Ultimately, communism always boils down to what some asshole thinks is right. And this asshole never gets told he's wrong. That's, that's what's scary, is when you have somebody that's lauded, I think I'm saying this right, lauded up to be a, a brilliant, brilliant man, a brilliant leader, and never told no, so that they never grow as a human being. If you're never told no, you'll never grow, and that's how you end up with killing fields, etc. I apologize, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I hope it makes enough sense for you guys to go, okay, this guy's not totally retarded.
Retard, 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 retard. Sorry. Sorry. Somebody lectured me about using using the big R word like I was saying saying uh, the N-word or something. I just wanted to. It's been really pissing me off the last couple of hours. All right. Last time before I say goodnight to everybody. We're at four minutes and 27 seconds. We've got about two and a half minutes. So and if you're the sort of person that thinks that if you would have been in control, things would have gone a lot better, then you're exactly the sort of person who should never be in control. So, and it's resentment. It's horrible resentment, you know? Well, that's an important point, because I think this is something that you've said that I absolutely agree with, that I think a lot of this thinking and the way people are behaving, it seems based on revenge. It seems based on revenge for awkward upbringings, uh, social uncomfortability. It seems like there's something about the way they view the world Mm. where they want to get back at people that Mm. have literally done them no wrong. It's resentment for the burden of being. It's it's deeper. It's deeper. I mean, human human existence is characterized by a fair bit of suffering. You know, we're limited creatures and life is very hard. Everyone dies. Everyone you love is going to die. Most of the things you do, all of the things you do will eventually fail. You know, suffering is a certainty, and it's very easy for people to become resentful about about being, about existence. You know, these kids who shoot up high schools and 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 the, these mass shooters—they're they're the perfect examples of of people who run on nothing but resentment. They're out to kill the innocent because that's the best marker of—that's uh, the best way of showing just how much contempt they have for existence itself. Why punish the guilty? They deserve to be punished. It's a lot more. Uh, malevolent and 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 vengeful to punish the innocent. It's like people are motivated to a great degree by resentment of being, and a huge chunk of that is manifested in. That's the dark side of ideological possession. So I get to decide who my enemies are, and then I get to go after them, and I can go after them for every single thing that's ever been done to me that isn't good. And well, a lot of that's just built into the structure of existence. Then they group up. They they exhibit confirmation bias. They all form some sort of a group think and then they act accordingly and this is what you've been warning against and this is where i completely agree with you and this is why i think the subject is so important and i love the way you've outlined all the steps and the problems with marxism and ideologies in general that we we are dealing with this these are the beginning steps of it and people who look at it now and they say it's social change it's social justice it's not it's not. It's it, not. That's right. It's not. And we're, this is not going to improve things. Implementing these policies will make things worse. They've made things worse every single place they've ever been implemented. And often they've made things so much worse that you actually can't imagine it. And people don't do the reading. I've done the reading. I've done the reading. I know how bad things can get. They can get so bad that no matter how bad you think they are, you're not even in the bloody ballpark. Well, it's just... should all keep that in mind what he was just saying there about things can always get worse and as bad as you can imagine it you can't even comprehend it really we've seen that happen look at what we were and i'm not saying things were wonderful and perfect under trump they were a fuck of a lot better than what they were now but we've seen this country go from a nation of broad-chested strong men that did what they had to do for their country for their family for their country for their for their friends etc into a bunch of weak-willed sissies that are more concerned about eating tofu and being on TikTok than they are about working a job, advancing society, and, and finding a mate and taking care of their loved ones. It's, it's, I say it all the time, it's fucking disgusting. 
I, I don't know, man. You listen to Jordan Peterson. Everyone's called him a racist or a... Uh, he's, he's the leader of the patriarchy. Well, to you, I call you stupid. I mean, like, so stupid, you probably should be wearing a helmet. <sighs> Gross. Did that guy sound like somebody that's looking to keep women down or keep blacks in chains and, and make sure trannies kill themselves? Or does he sound like a guy that's genuinely concerned trying to get a message out? It's all about motive, people. Like, I... The, the other day, like racism, okay? I, I talked about this last night. This, let's boil this down to its most absolute. If there's hate in your heart, it's racist. If there isn't, then it's not. Nice and easy. All right? So simple, a child can understand. But apparently, we, we as adults and most of college children, and I call them children because that's what they are, Mostly college children have an issue understanding that. People going to universities that can somehow cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a useless degree. They're supposed to be so much smarter than you and I, so goddamn educated. They can't figure out what real racism is versus fake. They can't figure out that most of those Palestinians just want to kill Jews. They can't figure out that the nation of Islam is, is a net negative, not a net benefit. Look, I'm not saying Christianity or Judaism is much better, but at least we preach love, acceptance, and, you know, taking responsibility for your actions, trying to be a better person and help the community. What does Islam teach? Think about that. Uh, well, folks, we're shorty tonight. I think it went a little longer than I expected it was going to, but that's mostly because of the 15 minutes worth of music and clips. Ugh. But with that, with that being said, yeah, wow, we can you know, that's two nights in a row, you're getting over 40 minutes. Be happy with it. So look, if this is your first show, thank you for sticking through this far. Seriously, I can't thank you enough. If you're uh, if you're one of my schmear spreaders, thank you. Cause without you, all I'm left with is a naked bagel. And naked bagels are for child diddlers. I ain't a child diddler. Oh, I know what you're expecting. Nothing for nothing. Good night and good luck. Enjoy the jazz. But real quick, just in case, because I don't know. I'm just doing this for fun. I don't know shit about doing all this. I don't know if you can leave comments under the Spotify stuff or Google Play, whatever, or Google Podcasts, etc. So I'm going to give you guys an email for my schmear spreaders or anybody that just downloads a few episodes. And I'll know. I got the analytics. So don't go downloading one, never listening to it, and then demanding a shirt from me because I'm going to tell you to fuck off. I know how long you listen. I know how many you downloaded. So get me your information. All right. Or just reach out if you want to. If you want to reach out, give me ideas, something you'd like to hear. Or anytime. We're starting to do sketches. We got scripts pointed up and everything. And I'm just waiting to find the right soundboard that can contain everything I need to do. And we're also going to start doing, um, I got a few friends that want to join up and help me out here. We're going to start doing old school radio shows too, or that style. So if you have any idea for that, any ideas about topics you want to hear, or any direction you think we should be going, or you're a subscriber, or you've downloaded and listened to a few episodes and you just want your goddamn t-shirt, you can email me at Tony's Hog, all lowercase, 669 at gmail.com. Again, that is Tony's Hog 669 at Gmail. 
T-O-N-Y-S-H-O-G-669 at G-M-A-I-L.com. C-O-M. And uh, I am referring to the monitor lizard, Tony. However, he doesn't have a hog. He's got a cloaca. We'll, we'll ignore that one, though. So, without further ado, thank you all. Seriously, without you guys, I'd be nothing. And not like I'm something now, so imagine just how little nothing I'd really be. But, as stated, nothing for nothing. Good night. Good luck. Oh, oh, shit. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. One more thing and then we're done. I'm going to start taking phone calls. This will be um, not this week. Maybe Friday we'll be able to take the first ones. But definitely next week is when it's going to start. I just got to get the software and the hardware so I can start doing that. All right. Another for nothing. Good night. Good luck. Enjoy the jazz.